in the bathroom mirror talking to yourself and your dog's looking at you like you need help have you ever been high as fuck hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to kevin's podcast show i'm your host kevin marshall i just want to say this is the high as f or high af episode i guess that's what we're gonna call it because I had propofol yesterday because I had my over 50 colonoscopy. I encourage everyone over 50 to get that. It's not pleasant. The worst part about it is the prep crap that you have to drink that makes you shit like a goose. That's not pleasant. But the whole procedure is nothing to it. Nothing to it. You don't remember it at all because they put you on propofol. That's the Michael Jackson milk, if you recall. That's what he used to sleep. But anyway... So this is going to be called the Propofol episode, the lost episode, if you will. One of the lost episodes. I'm going to have to upload another episode because of, uh, well, we had a little glitch, evidently, through uh, my distribution. But anyway, we are in the 21-day challenge. 21 days of 21 fresh podcasts. 21 minutes of new content every day for 21 days. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I thank you for being drawn into my situation and drawn into my uh, little challenge here with me because you're my fans and, well, you're part of the show. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to do a little news versus news today, and it may be a little different. We'll see. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the spectacular KPS Arena. The World News Boxing Association is proud to present heavyweight action. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, we're doing uh, news versus news a little bit different these days. Uh, we're trying something new. We're still working out the kinks. Uh, but many thanks to my buddy, Jason Albert, on Jason Albert TV, YouTube. Check him out. And he's quirky, funny, and I recommend his page highly. Okay, as per the uh, B.D. McClure, the commissioner of the World News Boxing Association, he's come up with the 10-point must system on scoring for these news items that we're going to be reading today. They will be based on three factors, style, the facts of the case, and how it lines up with the libertarian point of view. That's how we score these rounds, and the first one up today is Fox News. U.S. announces sweeping sanctions against Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro, state-owned oil company. The White House on Monday announced billions of dollars in new sanctions against disputed Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro and the country's state-owned oil monopoly PDVSA. Less than a week after President Trump formally recognized Juan Guaido, I'm not very good with Spanish folks, even though I've tried to learn it. It's very hard for this southern tongue to roll some Spanish words, I'll just tell you. Juan Guiado, 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 I'm going to say Guiado. Juan Guiado, as Venezuela's legitimate leader, National Security Advisor John Bolton, meanwhile, warned that all options are on the table, quote, and that Venezuela would face a significant response if any harm came to U.S. diplomatic personnel, Guiado, or Venezuela's opposition-led National Assembly. Words on Bolton's notepad that were visible during the briefing 
said 5,000 troops to Colombia were related to the situation in Venezuela. White House officials confirmed to Fox News. One idea being debated may include prepositioning U.S. forces forces in Colombia in case they are needed in Venezuela. That really aggravates me. Why are we messing around in somebody else's country? I just don't believe in that, folks. We shouldn't be the world police. If they have problems down there, sure, we should give them ancillary support, marginal support, but we shouldn't be within the lines and trying to put troops on the ground. Why should we be sending people down there? Anyway, that just doesn't make sense, and it pisses me off. So we shouldn't be there. But anyway, we're probably going to be there. So... The potentially devastating economic sanctions were aimed at increasing pressure on Maduro to cede power to the opposition. Venezuela is heavily reliant on the U.S. for its oil revenue and sends 41% of its oil exports to the United States. Today's designation of PDVSA will help prevent further diverting of Venezuela's assets to Maduro and preserve these assets for the people of Venezuela, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin said during a White House news conference. The path to sanctions relief for PDVSA is through the expeditious transfer of control to the interim president or a subsequently democratically elected government who is committed to taking concrete and meaningful action to combat corruption. In other words, the U.S. is not very happy with who's in there, and so they want this other guy in there. And it may have been corrupt, but still, I get back to the idea that we're not the world police. I'm not sure why in the world we would be down there sending troops. That really is aggravating. I'm sure many of our friends in the Middle East will be happy to make up the supplies we push down Venezuela's supply, Mnuchin said. PDSVA is an acronym for Venezuela's state-owned oil company, critically U.S. refiners are among the few customers that pay cash to Venezuela for its oil because Venezuela's oil shipments to China and Russia are usually taken as repayment of billions of dollars in debts. Mnuchin added, effective effective immediately, any purchases of Venezuelan oil by U.S. entities, money will go into a blocked account. I've been in touch with many of the refineries. There's a significant amount of oil that's at sea that's already been paid for. That oil will continue to come to the United States. The sanctions likely will not affect consumer prices at the gas pump, but will hit oil refiners, particularly those on the U.S. Gulf Coast. Venezuelan oil exports to the U.S. have declined steadily over the years, falling particularly sharp over the past decade as its production plummeted amid its long economic and political crisis. The U.S. imported less than 50,000 barrels of oil a day from Venezuelan crude and petroleum products in 2017, down from more than 1.2 million barrels a day in 2008, according to the Energy Information Administration. Still, Venezuela consistently has been the third or fourth largest supplier of crude oil to the United States, and any disruption of the imports could be costly for refiners. In 2017, the most recent year, that data was available venezuela accounted for about six percent of u.s crude imports all right now we're going to take al jazeera's and see what they have to say about it well it seems like al jazeera's got a totally different take on this thing according to their headline let's see what it says maduro hits back as u.s goes after venezuela's oil hmm the united states has imposed sweeping sanctions on venezuela's state-owned oil firm in a move aimed at pressuring President Nicolas Maduro to cede power to the opposition in the crisis-hit South American country. 
The measures on the PDVSA are expected to block $7 billion in assets and result in $11 billion in lost export revenue over the next year, National Security Advisor John Bolton told reporters at the White House on Monday. The sanctions stop PDVSA from collecting the proceeds of oil exported to U.S. customers while also freezing assets of PDVSA's units, including Citgo, its U.S.-based subsidiary. Washington's toughest financial punishment so far against Venezuela's government came in the coordination with Juan Guaido, the self-proclaimed interim president who issued his own statement, said he was taking orderly control of our republic's assets abroad, quote, to prevent a departing Maduro from trying to, quote, empty the coffers. The announcements followed the decision by the U.S. and several other countries last week to recognize Guaido, the leader of the opposition-controlled National Assembly as Venezuela's acting leader instead of Maduro, who was re-elected last May in a widely boycotted vote that many foreign governments refused to recognize. Russia, China, and Turkey have come to Maduro's defense. In response to the U.S. moves, Maduro on Monday vowed to take action calling the sanctions criminal and accused Washington of robbing Venezuelans of oil riches that rightfully belong to them. I have given specific instructions to the head of PDVSA to launch political and legal action in U.S. and international courts to defend the property and assets of Citgo, Maduro said on state television. In a direct message to President Donald Trump spoken in broken English, Maduro said, Hands off Venezuela. Maduro has long accused the U.S. and other countries of waging an economic war aimed at removing him from power. Oil is Venezuela's largest source of revenue, and the U.S. is Venezuela's biggest customer. 41% of their oil exports came to the U.S., and the biggest foreign asset is Citgo, the U.S.-based refining army of their oil company. Interesting that they should use the word army there. Crucially, the state-owned oil company is controlled by the military, well, I guess that's why they said that, which is key to Maduro staying in power. So the goal here by the U.S. government is to hold back this money from Maduro's government and transfer it over to forces who are loyal to Guaido. Venezuela, once prosperous nation, has been in an economic collapse with several million citizens fleeing to neighboring countries. We have continued to expose the corruption of Maduro and his cronies, and today's actions ensure that they can no longer loot the assets of the Venezuelan people, Bolton said at a White House news conference. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said his department also took steps on Monday to authorize certain transactions and activities with PDVSA. He said Citgo assets, assets in the U.S. would be allowed to continue to operate, provided that any funds that would otherwise go to state-owned oil companies be sent to blocked accounts in the U.S. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo stressed that the new sanctions did not target the people of Venezuela and would not affect humanitarian assistance, including medicine and medical devices that were desperately needed after years of economic destruction under Maduro's rule. U.S. Senator Marco Rubio, a vocal critic of Maduro, who has called for such sanctions, welcomed the move even before it was announced. The Maduro crime family has used PDVSA to buy and keep the support of many military leaders, Rubio said. The oil belongs to the Venezuelan people, and therefore the money PDVSA earns from its export will now be returned to the people through their legitimate constitutional government. The sanctions will not likely affect consumer prices at the gas pump, but it will hit oil refiners, particularly those on the Gulf Coast. 
Venezuelan oil exports to the U.S. have declined steadily over the years, falling particularly sharply over the last decade, and its production plummeted amid its long economic and political crisis. And they go on to say uh, that they now only export 500,000 barrels down from 1.2 million. All right, let's see what the scorecards say. In our 10-point must system lined out by our commissioner, B.D. McClure, we have three factors, style, facts, and the libertarian point of view. So, first scoring round will go to the style, and we're going to give that 10-9, to Al Jazeera. Because right off the bat, they said the U.S. is trying to take Venezuela's oil, and whether you agree with that or not, that's some pretty good style. That captures their readers right off the bat, and I think that's uh, that's pretty good style. Whether you like it or not, it's not, not, not up for debate. The style grabs their readers, so there you go. On the facts version of the uh, scorecard, we're going to go with 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, and again, that's going to go to Al Jazeera because they gave a lot of information that Fox News just frankly didn't give. They talked about the election of Maduro, uh, they talked about Russia, China, and Turkey recognizing that uh, le- election as being legitimate and how the other countries did not recognize the legitimacy of Maduro. Uh, Fox News didn't say anything about that. I mean, they alluded to it, but they didn't give the details. Uh, they said in in mil- billions of dollars how much that Venezuela stands to lose. And they also said that the army controlled that... Uh, uh, oil company down there so those are things that fox didn't say that al jazeera said and hey frankly that's the facts the facts are the facts okay getting to the last section that we have here on the libertarian point of view really there's not a lot we can get into this because a lot of it's just uh, a lot of uh, information about what the government's doing but i will say that uh, the scores went 10-9 10-9 10-9 in a split decision two rounds were given to al jazeera and one round were given to uh, fox news for a total of 89 to 82 with your winner al jazeera all right we're going to take a break now and we're going to listen to a little bit of the unknown redneck Hey friends, Unknown Redneck here on Kevin's Podcast Show. Honey, let me tell you what we did. Me and Kurt Angle took that there little Frenchie fella, fella at the John Luke, Jean Luke fella that Starla Jean's getting married to. We took him stripe fishing the other day. What we did is we went down and borrowed my buddy Bruce's boat. And we went out there on the lake at a church on Sunday. We went out there fishing and John Luke was just having himself a good time and Kurt Angle was having a good time and I was kindly just fishing along with them, enjoying their company, you know. And well, Kurt Angle caught a couple and and John Luke caught a couple, and I outfished them. I caught about six. But anyhow, <laughs> at the end of it, well, let me tell you what happened. It kind of tickled me. Oh, John Luke got him a fish there, and he was having trying to. Now he caught the biggest fish. Now I'm just gonna give him that. And this is the one he caught. But now he reached over the side of that boat, honey. Reached way over, and he was trying to get down there and hook that fish around its mouth with his fingers and pull it up into the boat. And I don't know why Kurt Angle was standing behind him with a net. But anyhow, he reached way on over too far, and honey, he flipped right over head over heels, went right over into the water, and it was funny as everything. Me and Kurt Angle laughed at him after we found out he's all right. But anyhow. He got up out of that water, and he was matter than a wet hen. <laughs> but anyhow, we come on back, and we kind of poked at him a little bit. Maybe a little bit too much. But anyhow, 
We got back to the house, and of course, Starla Jean was all mad at me for making fun of him. I guess that uh, kind of upset him a little bit. But anyhow, you know, it's just what men do. We just kind of aggravate one another. Even Kurt Angle gets that. But anyhow, we had a good time. He got over it, and we, we fried them striped fish up there and had a big fish fry Sunday evening. And I'm just going to tell you what, mm, it was good. And I am sure glad that Cheryl has started cooking again because I got tired of eating out at the McDonald's and the Hardee's and the Subway and all them things and all such as that. But anyhow... Uh, we had a big time, and we bonded a little bit there, I guess is what you'd call it. A little, uh, male bonding is what Cheryl called it. Anyhow, we had a good time, and, uh, I believe this here John Luke feller's gonna work out. Gene Luke, whatever his name, a little Frenchy feller's gonna work out pretty good for Starla Jean, and I'm, I'm sure I'm proud they're getting married. And thank goodness, Kurt Angle's hair has about washed all the way out, and it's now back to its, almost back to its natural color. But I reckon he told old Joanne, his little blue-haired girlfriend, he, he fessed up to her. He admitted that he'd been eating a hamburger every once in a while, and she told him, well, she's a good woman, because I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's what she told him. She said, well, as long as you ain't eating it around me, that's being respectful, and I can appreciate that. So, there you go. Kurt Angle's got him a gooder, and he better stick with her, is what I say, because I'm worried about that youngin' sometimes. Anyhow, it's a little update from the Unknown Redneck, and you know where I am. Well, I hope they wore their life jackets anyway. I'd hate for them to get a ticket out there on the water. Okay, folks, uh, boat safety first. Always remember, wear your life jacket. All right little bit of uh, something great in a volunteer state. Hello, all you out there in podcast land. It's time for Something Great in the Volunteer State on Kevin's Podcast Show. Brought to you by the Big Orange Lark Company, who want to remind you that if you are a choosy mom, choose Big Orange Lard for your family's meals. Big Orange Lard since 1966. And now, something great in the volunteer state. Dateline, Newport, Tennessee. An intoxicated man was arrested for bathing himself in a bucket at a Tennessee dollar store. And if you're from the South, you know that every about every three miles there's a dollar store. I guess he just thought he needed to wash. Anybody who ever tells you that you've they've never had the sudden impulse to wash themselves after a trip through a dollar store is certainly telling a fib. One Tennessee man took the impulse to the extreme, leading to an arrest on August the 15th of last year. Donald Eugene Dover has been identified by authorities in Newport, Tennessee, as the man witnessed shoplifting in a local Dollar General store. This wasn't your everyday theft, though. According to police, Dover didn't snatch items and run out the door. Instead, they allege he took a mop and a bucket, filled it with bleach and water, and began to wipe himself down like a little boozy. Once spotted, Dover attempted to make off with his unorthodox bubble bath materials in tow, but perhaps the smell of bleach slowed him down as police were able to apprehend him upon their arrival. Dover was charged with theft and public intoxication. No kidding. All right, that's something great in a volunteer state. Stand by and we'll finish up, folks. Okay, folks. This has been the Propofile episode, the uh, lost episode, if you will. Uh, I got really high yesterday when I was having my colonoscopy, and, well, you know, I just uh, fell asleep. And so I failed on my 21-day challenge, 
But I am making it up to you. There'll be two coming out today to make up for it. Be 21 podcasts in 21 days. I never actually said they'd be every day, so I guess maybe that's an advantage on me, and I can get out of the whole line situation. But anyway. I am going to be able to uh, post that one. I'm going to post episode 8 again uh, as a redux, I guess, because for some reason or other, my distribution didn't get out the way it's supposed to. And I apologize for that one. I'm not sure what that's all about. But anyway, I'd like to thank my sponsor for this episode, Anchor Podcast. Anchor Podcast app, You can, if you want to start your own podcast, you know where to go. Go to your uh, Google Play, go to your App Store, get it, it's free. Uh, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Also, I want to give my buddy uh, Drew McSalty a shout-out to his Shift Ender podcast, also Jason Albert TV on YouTube, and Weird Tennessee on Facebook, who provides us with a lot of those Weird Tennessee stories. Don't forget, we are available on Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere that fine podcasts are sold. Or actually, they're not sold. They're free. But anyway. All right, folks. I really do appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for being part of my 21-day challenge, 21 podcast, 21 days, 21 minutes of new content. Thank you, folks. See you. Bye. Love ya. All right, let's talk about distance. If I say, hey, it's down the road a piece, that's a pretty good ways. We're talking probably five miles or more. If I say over yonder, that's probably not far. It's like within the same small rural area. We got weather terms. It's raining like pouring piss out of a boot. It's raining like cow pissing on a flat rock. It's coming a toad choker out there. It's a lot of damn rain. Around here, we like to drink beer. Sometimes we get three sheets to the wind. That means drunk. Your daddy's three sheets to the wind and he's passed out in the car. He's gonna freeze to death out there. It's 20 degrees. You need to go get your uncle and help get him in the house. And my personal favorite, it's not what we say in the South, it's what I say. Light it up. This is Alabama Boss for Redneck Vocabulary.